I'm nervous now. Um, I'm not doing anything. I'm laying in my bed. I've been crying all day. But I've been meaning to start this podcast <laughs> forever. And um, lo and behold, this is the moment in my life, I guess, when it's actually going to happen. That I'm actually doing it. Because I'm really just testing this out using my um, iPhone and I have no idea what it's gonna sound like. Okay, hi. (laughs) Welcome to my first episode of Confessions of a Depressed Optimist. Okay, well, I guess I want this podcast to kind of be like my virtual diary. I um, am obsessed with myself and I mean that in like the healthiest way possible, you know, like I just love to talk about myself and the way I experience the world and the things that are happening and how I interpret them and what I want to learn about. I don't know, whatever. This is just going to be whatever I want it to be. This is my podcast. I'm trying to give you kind of a little bit of a description, but realistically, I'm probably going to wing it. And it's probably not going to be on any sort of a schedule. And who knows if any of it will ever even see the light of day. I really don't need to be as worried or nervous, I guess, as I kind of am. I feel like I'm making a lot of uh, disgusting noises with my mouth right now. It feels really dry. So I apologize, I suppose. And I'm sniffly because I've been crying. But I've been crying. So like, give me a break. Come on. I'm not exactly sure how deep into my life I want to get in this podcast yet, so I don't even really know where to start. I've kind of thought of this as like, I don't know, I guess an outlet to vent, but at the same time, it is public, it is um, out there, and people do have a window into my personal life the more I share, so that's going to be a fun line to navigate. But I suppose what I can tell you... Okay, so I guess I'll just start off talking about 2020. Let's be honest, 2020 has been fucking rough for everyone, regardless of the pandemic. And to be completely honest with you, I feel privileged because I live on an island where the pandemic isn't affecting us as much as the rest of the world like the numbers for where i live are significantly low um i can still go to work i have two jobs i'm still going to university like it's all online but it's not that bad i can still see my family like there's definitely a lot of things put in place like at work i have to wear a mask all the time and we have to wash our hands constantly and now when customers come in they're required to wear a mask and we have like plastic shields up and there's a lot of things there's a lot of extra cleaning procedures and you know now every time i come home i'm like washing my hands and like things that i wouldn't have done before so yeah like it's definitely affected it obviously but it hasn't affected it in a negative way to the extent that it has for a lot of people so even though the pandemic has been crazy i feel like 2020 has been crazy for everyone for a whole shit ton of other reasons and um yeah it's wild so i am reading this book it's called moonology it's by yasmin oh i can't remember her last name but if you look up moonology and yasmin and you put it into google like it'll come up 
obviously that's enough information google's like smart like that so anyway i'm reading moonology and i'm gonna be honest with you some of it i don't completely understand i have read quite a bit of it while i was high after smoking so you know that's probably that probably uh factors into why i didn't understand some of it but to my understanding the moon was out of bounds of a certain like orbit or something i don't know i don't know why it was out of bounds i just remember in the book it said that the moon was out of bounds and that it went out of bounds in 2011 and this book was obviously published before the year 2020 like i don't know when it came out but it came out like years at least before 2020 so it said the moon moon went out of bounds in 2011 and it's going to go back in bounds in 2020 and i just think that that's interesting that in this book that i'm reading it said that there was like a significant change in the positioning of the moon in terms of what um this moonologist is calling in bounds and out of bounds and it confuses me because it went out of bounds in 2011 and i find that significant because of 9-11 and the twin towers and i guess maybe things in the world in general yeah of course a lot of things were going wrong and i'm sure there's a lot of things that happened that i um don't know of especially because i was a kid for some of that decade uh but now that the moon is going back in bounds shit is fucking going crazy and like crazy it's baffling how many different world disasters and humanitarian disasters is that even a way to phrase that but i'm sure you know what i mean with the black lives matter movement and all these other issues that are being brought to light i just recently watched paris hilton's documentary it's on youtube paris hilton isn't a person that i would normally find myself being interested in but her documentary gave me a newfound respect for her like she is so cool i don't want to spoil it she's been through a lot but if you're into mental health and like overcoming struggles um definitely check it out i guess that's a good kind of way to explain what this podcast is going to be about it's going to be about my mental health and like i'm very interested in mental health and passionate about it so that's probably going to be a large topic as we go on <laughs> anyway i kind of um had paris hilton on my radar because i like to watch youtubers especially when i'm sad and um i don't watch tana mojo's videos i definitely watch collabs that she's in and i also love to watch the drama of her and jake paul and like i don't know just everyone when her and mod son had a moment i also personally loved that um so i guess like tana and paris are friends from what it appears on instagram so then you know i got interested in paris hilton's life i like influencers um yeah i don't know i don't know why i'm feeling the need to defend myself because you're li literally listening to a podcast about somebody else's life so obviously like you get being interested in somebody else's life uh whatever so that's how i came to watch her documentary and it's really good anyway so 2020 has been crazy I made a promise to myself sometime in like April or something or in March. I don't remember when quarantine and lockdown really hit Canada, 
Um, but it was before then because I started to go to counseling before quarantine happened, before I had to stay in my house for, I think it was like two months. It felt like, yeah, it was definitely two months. I had two months off of work for sure where I was in my house doing nothing like the rest of everybody else. And luckily, um, I guess the majority of people where I live did that. And so now we can go back to a semi-normal life. We definitely still hand sanitize. And like during the summer, we had, I think it was three active cases in the hospital. And then that went down to one last that I heard. So, you know, to only have one COVID case um, in my whole town, like in the hospital, like recorded is like crazy. Like I, I know how blessed and lucky I am. But the point of this was to say that before we went into quarantine, I started to go to counseling and I got on antidepressants. I decided that this year I was going to dedicate my energy and time and effort and whatever to my mental health. And quite honestly, I have and it has super paid off. Um, It is September now, so it's been at least over six months of uh, counseling, I think. And I... Whoa... It might actually be at least like four months, but it might actually be six months since I started antidepressants. That is absolutely wild. And let me tell you, I'm only just starting to get into the routine of taking it once a day. Like I'm so bad with pills. I am really, really bad at forgetting to take them. And only now am I really, um, you know, conditioning myself and being on top of myself about like, this is something important that I need to prioritize and I need to make sure that I'm doing. And it honestly is making a positive effect in my life. So with all this work that I've been doing on myself, I've noticed a lot of vices that I have to not have to think about the real shit that's happening to me. And a few of those things are food. Um, I use food as like a way to kind of control my surroundings and what's happening and what I'm doing in my life. I use smoking. Um... I smoke both weed and tobacco, and truthfully, I wish I didn't smoke cigarettes. Those are the ones that I (laughs) um, feel most guilty and shameful about, but I also wish I didn't smoke weed as much as I do, but I do. Whatever. It's one of my vices. Uh, I could have a lot worse ones, so, you know, you get what you get. And then another one is relationships, Uh, specifically boys. Um, Yeah. Boys are a huge vice for me. They give me a lot of validation when I feel like shit about myself. But that validation is temporary, like all highs in life. Um, It's a temporary high, a temporary solution. It's a band-aid. And eventually you will crash and your crash is going to feel even worse than before you chased after that high. It always happens. I get sad. I start seeing somebody. Inevitably, I ruin it because I have so much shit I need to work on. It's just not going to work until you work on yourself. Um, It's cliche for a reason because it's true. Uh, So inevitably, my relationship with whoever I'm seeing at the time goes bad and it ends and then I'm sad and I'm even more sad than before though before I had like a whole relationship in person to like more not being in my life anymore so I got tired of my own bullshit it was just it was enough I was done and I haven't dated anybody in a month 
I understand that's not a long period of time. I know, but normally I'm on Tinder. I'm talking to people. I at least have like, even if I don't have dates lined up, I'm at least like Snapchatting boys. Like, you know, they're talking to me. They're asking me how my day is. They act like they care. They reply hard eyes to my pictures. Like I'm getting that attention that I um really felt like I didn't get in my childhood. So because I'm no longer using my biggest band-aid of all, which is relationships, I'm being forced to look at the relationships in my life that need a lot of improving and attention that I've been ignoring for a long period of time. And the two main relationships happen to be with my parents. Obviously, parents are like the root of all of our... Oh yeah, so... I issues, I guess, all of the things that we feel bad about that we don't need to, it's because we um, feel some sort of negative attachment to our parents, I feel like, most of the time. There was also those situations where that was formed through maybe a partner or a person or whatever, but a lot of the time it's like an external source that you are trying to fix that you can't, you have to fix it internally, blah, 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 whatever. I'm being forced to fix my relationship with both of my parents and it's hard and that's why I've been crying all day because my mom and I finally kind of talked about things and it was honestly so helpful. I felt so much better afterwards. I feel like we both understand each other a little bit better and obviously not everything got fixed. In fact, nothing got fixed. Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't, decide that things were going to be done differently um like there was no solution but just talking about it and being able to understand the other person a little bit better made me feel a lot better and crying is good and I got it all out but holy shit it was a big fucking cry and it was like an hour long cry and like oh my god I just get so drained from crying. I always feel sleepy after. It affects my body so much. Like this what time is it right now? I stopped crying an hour and a half ago and my nose do you hear that I still can't breathe like yeah I'm just super affected by emotions and it makes life very difficult it makes life really fun as well absolutely like the good times are so worth it and sometimes I forget that though sometimes the bad times are so overwhelming that I forget the good times can be overwhelmingly fun and full of love as well but I'm getting better at it and I truly 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 atone that to first and foremost counseling and second of all getting on the medication I needed to be on a lot of people that I know get on medication but they don't do the counseling or therapy or um psychology whatever route you decide to do they don't do that part of it they don't do the mental work and truthfully the mental work is the most important part i think the mental work can make a bigger difference on its own than the pills can make a difference on their own pills can only do so much they can alter the chemistry in your brain sure like my medication is a dopamine reuptake inhibitor i believe So it helps my brain absorb more dopamine just to feel kind of happier because I don't think my brain does um, 
produce enough dopamine on its own. Like truly, I do think I just have a deficiency in dopamine and like there's nothing I can do about that. I've tried. I've made sure that I'm eating the right amount of calories in a day and that I'm eating good clean food, but not obsessing over it. Like I allow myself to sleep at McDonald's and whatever, you know, just like that I have um that I'm eating food and like everything. I so I've also done the whole exercise thing. Like I am a pretty active person, not over the top, like I'm not going to the gym that often, but I walk to work like a few times a week. Like I I skateboard, like I'm often out and about. I walk around a lot. I do a lot of things. Like I don't really stay at home cooped up too much. And even when I had to for those 2 months during quarantine, I was still doing yoga um because my island is small and the population is so small um we were still allowed to go to parks provincial parks were closed but you could still um go to no national parks were closed but you could still go to provincial parks I think something like that so there were certain parks I could still go to so I was still going on runs I could still go to the beach like I could still do things I could still go on hikes um because when you want to hike on a regular day when it's not quarantine you often don't run into anybody anyway so that was kind of um, what it was like. And so I've tried all those things. I've tried reading self-help books. I've tried making sure that I'm not isolating myself and I'm seeing people. I've tried making sure that I am taking days to myself and I'm not seeing people. Like I've tried just so many different things. And at the end of the day, I was still always tired, could not feel awake or like I had energy for the fucking life of me. I was taking vitamin B pills, vitamin D pills. I still am, but like just saying like I... Any remedy that you would maybe look at me and be like, well, did you try cutting out caffeine? Yes, I did. I freaking did. And you know what? Nothing helps. Some things would help. Like the caffeine thing definitely helped with the anxiety a little bit, but not enough that I could call that a solution. So counseling is what helped. My antidepressants help my brain produce dopamine that I think it just would not, could not produce on its own. And then it also um, has adrenaline in it or gives me adrenaline. I don't really understand. It's called Wellbutrin. So, I mean, if you're really that interested, you can Google it and find the exact same information that I found about it. So it also gives me adrenaline, which is cool. So now I can stay awake for most of the day. Like before I was sleeping 16 hours a day. Easy, like easy, like easy. I'd wake up at 1 p.m. I'd go to bed at like 4 a.m. And I even got my sleep schedule under control, okay? I was waking up at 8 a.m., going to bed by like 10, 11 every night, you know? I um, truly, and that's still getting 9 to 10 hours. Like that's still a lot of sleep. But I just think I'm also somebody who just needs a lot of sleep. And again, like nothing helped. So anyway, so the antidepressants, they did super help. Um, and the counseling helped more than anything because at the end of the day, the way that you've been living your life and the patterns that you've created for yourself and the routines that you are doing on a regular basis have wired your brain in patterns of their own, of its own, to complement the patterns and routines in your life. So your brain, when it's um, told to do an action, it fires a signal and that signal travels down a pathway and it can travel down different pathways but if you say you like um, I don't know hurt yourself and that really angers you and you scream you're like fuck motherfucker um 
now every time that you injure yourself, your brain is just firing to do that. But not everybody responds that way because some people, when they hurt themselves, they their brain fires in a way to internalize it and just like be sad, like be angry on the inside. You know what I mean? So for me, for example, when I hurt myself, I get embarrassed and I don't know why, but I don't want anyone to acknowledge it. I don't want anyone to like ask me if I'm okay. I want us to just move on, act like it didn't happen. Like it's embarrassing for me and um, through counseling, I can re- rewire my brain so that when I get triggered and I've hurt myself and my brain is firing, I can decide, like, I can start to make that signal go down a different pathway so that maybe um, I can respond in a way where I can calm myself down. Like, it's incredible. It's amazing. I love counseling. I can't rave about it enough. And trust me, I've been there. I've gone to the sessions where I've sat there and I'm like, my week has been great. And I think my life is solved. And I don't even really know why I'm here. And I don't really need the full hour today because I am in a good mood. And then the next week I'm bawling my eyes out and my life is in shambles again. So, um, just because you have one bad experience, don't give up. Just because you have five bad experiences, don't give up. It's worth it. I think that's a good place to end this. Um, I hope that was a good first episode. I hope you liked it. You can definitely tell that I got way more comfortable towards the end. I was so nervous at first. It just like gives me anxiety to like talk and know I'm being recorded and someone's going to listen to it. And uh, huh. But yeah, okay, cool. So hi, that's me in a nutshell. Welcome to my podcast. Welcome to Deep nope (laughs) welcome to confessions of a depressed optimist i hope that um first episode also kind of summed up why the title is the way that it is i think it's so fitting and i love it and i'm obsessed and i'm super proud of it okay i will talk to you some other time i super cannot promise that i'll see you next week because my motivation really you know i She comes and she goes. She's often gone. Anywho, comes with the depression, whatever. Okay, have a good week, month, whatever. Enjoy your life. Um, Thanks for listening. Bye.